Hey, this is Matt Lucas, stuntman, yoga and functional strength trainer and professional martial artist, and sometimes a musician, and you're listening to Kung Fu Drive-In Podcast. Welcome to the Kung Fu Drive-In Podcast. Adjust your speaker box, sit back, relax, and remember, your Kung Fu may be good, but mine is better. Joining me tonight is martial artist, stunt performer, trainer, musician, professional kung fu film fan. Uh, he's actually at a gig right now, and he's going to be getting uh, on stage very shortly, so we have limited amount of time. But he's recently coming off a stint as fight camp trainer for Into the Badlands, Matt Lucas. Matt, thank you so much for joining the Kung Fu Driving Podcast tonight. Yeah, thanks for having me on. This is great. Oh, cool, cool. It's really great to have you. Uh, I've had a few of your colleagues from Into the Badlands on. Um, I'm very excited to talk with you. Uh, we connected uh, on social media a little bit over the Five Deadly Venoms, <laughs> and we both agree that it's one of the best, if not the best, Kung Fu flick out there. Is that right? Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, every Saturday, Kung Fu Theater, I just always hoped it was that one. Yeah, yeah, I definitely. love that. Yeah, that was a perfect one. Yeah, exactly. Uh, that's how I was introduced to all of the uh, the kung fu films as well. Were you a fan of that whole kung fu film era then, uh, being that you knew about Saturday Afternoon Kung Fu Theater? Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm an 80s kid. Well, I was born in the 70s, and so then kind of prime watching was through the 80s, and, and also it was just something to look forward to. We'd go to the pool, hang out in our crappy apartment pool, and then after that we'd go watch some kung fu theater. And it was always great because I, I love those times because – my, my dad was a ex-Navy SEAL and great martial artist, and, and he would just walk by. I, every time we'd be watching, he would just walk behind the couch, and he'd be like, that's just dancing. It's just dancing. Why, he, he'd, be like, he'd be like, why are you watching? And, and so it was, our, it was our big goal to one day watch a martial arts movie where he'd say, that's actual martial arts right there. There you go. That's it. But, um, but yeah, I mean, and then when, you get in the, then when you get in the industry, you realize, oh, yeah. It's just dancing, yeah. So okay, I get. You know, I mean, it's right. so yeah, but it's it's really intense, sharp dancing, and um, yeah, yeah. I still love it to this day. Yeah. Now you've had uh, obviously you've had training in martial arts, being that your dad uh, was a, a martial artist. The movies then couldn't have been that huge of an inspiration for you to get into it. So were you just raised on martial arts for, as soon as you could walk? Yeah, I mean, pretty much. And I was, I was beat. You know, I had a lot of hillbilly, crazy cousins up, up in West Virginia. And when we were kids, we traveled a lot. So uh, I was in, I think, twelve or thirteen elementary schools by the third grade or something, some just ridiculous. We were always traveling. So when my dad got out of the military. He was in radio, and he also worked for NASCAR and some other he just things that had us traveling all the time. And when you're a kid and you're going to these kind of you know different schools all around, you're you know, you're getting picked on and I wasn't very coordinated or uh, I was kind of a nerdy, you know, little smart spelling bee kid. So uh, <laughs> then I had these cousins that were determined to make me tough. So they were always kicking the hell out of me. And every time I went to West Virginia, which was multiple times a year, I was hospitalized and just beaten up. And wow, I just realized that one day, I, you know, I just wanted to learn martial arts. I, I don't remember where I saw it, but one of the main times I wanted to see it was we had this babysitter, Ken, when I was about three years old. And I remember he'd always show up in his Monte Carlo with some chick and he would always, you know, talk to us about making out and karate. And I just kind of <laughs> wanted to be like Ken, you know, he had a perm, you know, and I was like, yeah, I'm going to be like Ken making out with. I thought every woman he was with was Bo Derek. And yeah, it was just very <laughs> 80s cliche. Yeah. You know, for a lot of kids that start uh, martial arts so early, though, there's that tendency to fade, but you haven't faded, really. So what kind of kept you really invested in continuing to learn and develop your skills as a martial artist? Well, I was weak my whole life. And I remember one of my teachers started teaching me a lot of the yoga stuff and the healing arts. And under the thing of like, hey, man, you are not strong now. You have I sort of had a really bad sway back and my knees always hurt me and my shoulders are bad. And then over time, he just said, you know, you're going to be stronger when you're older if you keep this up. You know, don't get into the crazy athletic stuff practices, in, you know, as a longevity practice. And I just, he was so exceptional as a human being. He was an older man. He was close to, you know, he was pushing 70, but he could do the one finger push-ups and handstand. And he was just such great shape. And I just was like, yeah, I want to be strong when I'm older. So I just kind of kept on that practice of studying 
more of the the functional side and the the structural side and then I wasn't able to do a lot of the stuff that I can do now until I was in my 30s. Oh wow. So he was right. You know, over time when I would watch a lot of my friends that were athletes, which yeah, athletes is kind of a, you know, an erosive kind of lifestyle. They would, you know, I'm watching them hopefully make it out of high school or college and then yeah, I wasn't even the run- in the running and so over time I just kept getting stronger and the pain started leaving and i mean yeah i'm i'm now starting i'm going to start surfing this year because i've always wanted to surf and now i finally have balance you know and oh wow. um it's kind of cool you know now that i'm i'm 43 now and i you know i feel like i'm just getting stronger and stronger and i like that and so i'm very grateful that they made me go slow and they made me just sort of practice my patience and um yeah so that's yeah, every day I'm thankful for that. Yeah. Oh, it's interesting. So I, I made the connection then uh, on something that you have on your uh, your site, the Sports Ball Champion T-shirt. Because <laughs> <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> I guess you were dissuaded from sports just in general from very early on. Yeah, I don't. I'm not an athlete by at all. Um, I've had uh, three black eyes in my life, and two of them have been from frisbees. You know, and um, <laughs> and I just I feel. <laughs> If you throw anything at me, I know how to get out of the way of it now. But um, nice. yeah, I mean, I, I've never seen a Super Bowl. I've done a halftime show for some basketball games, but I've never watched it. I, I, I think once you start getting into a practice, you start becoming a very poor spectator. You know, I'd rather be in there learning something. So anytime I'd watch someone good at what they did, it just made me realize uh, I need to practice. Cool. When we were uh, also kids, the, the NFL broke off and became the USFL. And we actually lived kind of in the dorms with the in a, with the USFL team, the Birmingham Stallions. And I, I loved the guys. And, uh, you know, we'd all hang out and they'd throw me around the pool. And, you know, these big roided out 80s football players. But um, I've, I've still never, ever desired to play sports. I don't care about them. Like I said, I, I'm not going to watch them. I don't. Yeah. So when people talk about sports, I just imagine that sports ball champion. It's like, yeah, it's your thing. You know, just not. It's not my life. I like music. You know, I like music. Yeah. I like food. Yeah, that's about it. Yeah, absolutely. The uh, the skills that you were you're talking about, uh, admiring people's skills. You were involved with one of the OG stunt teams from the West Coast, the stunt people, right? Oh yeah, I just got off the phone with one of them. Nice. Yeah. How did you get drawn into all of that? Because you know, for someone who wasn't keen on uh, participating in sports, the stuff that the stunt people were were doing seemed pretty hard on the body. <laughs> They're insane. Yeah. No, I'm durable. I've had the, you know, the shit kicked out of me so many times. You know, I'll tire you out. I'll just, you know, it's like I'm good at losing. And I mean, that's kind of what stunts are. You're just good at losing. (laughs) So I remember one of my buddies was doing the music for one of their first films. And then he was telling me about this. He goes, hey, you do martial arts and I'm I'm working with these martial artists. And he needed someone to uh, help him out with kind of funk rock kind of stuff. He was doing more of the strings and stuff like that. So I I had my my bass and my guitar, and so I went over to his place and just wrote a couple things and accompanied him. And I was like, "I'll do it." You know, he said, "I can't pay you," and I'm like, "Instead of paying me, why don't you introduce me to these guys?" And then I kind of walked in. They always had this Sunday practice, and I walked into that Sunday practice, and just instantly we just started training together and just became instant friends. They were the nicest guys, and then we yeah, we just started training, 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 and um, still to this day, I'm I mean, even their last. Uh, that last movie that um, Dennis and Eric did, The Man That Feels No Pain, they did the previs in my dojo, the open mat. Right, nice. And, you know, anywhere, I, I taught classes and we had the Hapkido Institute, Dennis Rule, who did Unlucky Stars, an amazing movie. Uh, he had the Hapkido Institute and I taught there for, you know, 10 years. And that Sunday practice, it's funny, we all sort of separated there, but I still to this day do Sunday practice. Uh, I <laughs> kept it going. And um, now it's 15, 16 years later, and I've, I maybe have missed two. Wow. Yeah, always. Sunday practice, Sunday practice. <laughs> and uh, they're some of the best guys. Yeah, they're amazing. That's cool. So what kind of martial arts did you actually study? Well, my dad knew I was uncoordinated, so he's like, you got to learn how to fall. And all those old military guys uh, swear by judo. It's judo, judo, judo. So when I was a little kid, first thing was take judo. And I remember Junior Olympics, five, six years old, judo. And uh, so I, I fell in love with judo and learning how to fall. And then we went into karate, traditional karate, and then studied a couple different types of Taekwondo and Hapkido. So it was Taekwondo had the, the point sparring style. And then, then there was the military style, kind of one of our teachers, he was uh, you know, a military guy and he, he studied the Hapkido and 
the judo and taekwondo but and he was the head judge of the 88 olympics in seoul and so then i was in that school it was kind of a small small school and i i remember that switch when taekwondo went from you know had more punches you know the kicks were harder it it looked more like kickboxing they were pretty insane and um i remember watching the switch because even that the 88 olympics they weren't quite as light and quick and snappy you know there is a little bit more power being thrown and um now their speed is insane but uh yeah i went to taekwondo and then got my black belt in that and then after that i found uh version systems the polyvon stuff and the stuff called nabard and uh, all those guys are training under this awesome uh persian guy and so i went and studied that and the club swinging and all that that stuff like the persian yoga stuff and then soon that kind of got me into uh not really martial arts as much as understanding function and then i just started sharing that all over and so then i was invited into you know 20 to 50 schools a year because they wanted to learn the conditioning and the health stuff so then i'd be doing wing chung and then going to karate and then i mean i was just all over the place because i was also touring in bands so i would tour and then i would train people at night i I remember bouncers and people in the clubs i'd go at you know three in the morning and just start training and then just people would come out they'd either get up early or stay out too late and i'm just training people all night all over the country yeah it was fun how did you have energy to do the gig and then go into training man i don't drink i don't you know i'm just i'm a i'm a ridiculous <laughs> health nut with too much energy you know and wow um yeah the more you give the more you get you know and so i just you know eat right exercise and drink plenty of water man and you can go if you love what you do it's infinite energy man oh yeah yeah for sure the martial arts you were talking about, you you covered a whole bunch of different styles. And uh, this is what I want to get into uh, with you now, because if you go to the Open Mat, which is yeah. uh, um, Matt Lucas's website, it's a yoga instruction site. So yep. there's a whole system that you've developed, the Yama system. And mm-hmm. you have said that yoga and martial arts complete each other. Yeah. Now, for anybody that just on the surface, martial arts and yoga don't necessarily jive. Right. Uh, if, if, if you don't know anything about it, right? So explain to me what you mean when you say that yoga and martial arts complete each other. Okay, so th- this is one of my favorite conversations to have too because if you look back at the Buddha, you, you're a Bodhidharma walking to China, right? Mm-hmm. Sitting in the cave, going to give these monks these uh, series of exercises and postures to keep them strong while they meditate, and that became Shaolin Kung Fu. That man was from India. You're right. And if you look at Kalari... If you really think about it, Kalari looks just like Tantui's, right? It's it's a variation of that. And even if you look at a lot of the Yama stuff and a lot of the things that I learned from the Persian stuff, the Persian yoga, those things, and you look at the Tantui's, those are Muslim Chinese. And they're all in, in incestuous. I think there's a lot of history to be sort of un- to unfold out of the Silk Road because everyone was sharing all the time. When we needed martial arts, you know, you needed your health, you needed your function, and you needed to know how to fight to protect yourself. But then when you got too old to fight, you were the doctor. So yoga is kind of that internal side of kind of focusing on posture and breath and kind of connecting with yourself and the forces around you. And then martial arts is bringing that connection into stress and into the circular and more dynamic world. And if you really look at them, I mean, all you're doing, when you're throwing a kick, you're just snapping into a pose. When you're throwing a punch, you're just snapping into a pose. There's no between. So the idea is when you're doing yoga, you are doing martial arts. And uh, even if you watch uh, what Hicks and Gracie does, you know, it's like they're all doing all these, you know, different forms of yoga. And a lot of the yoga that came around was at the Brahmin class yoga. That's part of it. But then there was also, uh, you know, I remember one of my teachers, he would say there's there's Vera and Pashu, the Vera were the, the heroes. You know, their yoga was different, just like martial arts are different for the people that are out there using it versus the farmers versus the military. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, there's there's more than one system of yoga. And it's funny i don't think we're uncovering just as much as how it shocked people to find out there was more than you know five systems of kung fu every family had their system you know it's everywhere and so yoga is the the connection i mean if if you start practicing yoga with the intention of understanding the way that you know martial arts connects to the stillness of yoga and to the natural to the flow of yoga it'll it'll blow your mind mm. That's really interesting. And now the Yama system that you developed, what is it about that that, that you, you're putting into practice? Yeah, so 
yoga is about experiencing a frame, a structure, right? So when you throw a kick, um, you know, in yoga, they have the bandhas. And when you align the spine, you just become sort of this, you know, lightning rod of energy. And, and it's very similar to what Qigong is doing and all this other stuff. It's hard to say because I, I technically didn't develop Yama series. I sequenced okay. it. So it was, the idea was me. I was always in a room with people doing these exercises. And when I was touring, what I realized was I didn't have the luxury of having a leader. I had my time with my teacher and then I had to leave and I had to practice. And so over time, I ended up noticing there was a system. And so I started putting together in a form just as they put forms together as well. Because uh, they were wondering, you know, it's like I was getting all this information and people were telling me, hey, this stuff is dying. No one wants it. And I was like, well, it's because we need this big, you know, we need a room and we need a teacher and we need all this stuff. No one has the, the system to practice on their own. So I just I didn't develop anything as much as as a disciple. I just kind of sequenced it a little bit to where I can have it in a clean, streamlined way to sort of, you know, just do it and, and communicate it. Because that's the way, you know, we, we spread the wisdom of martial arts was through form, right? Kata. You'd go there, you work with the master, you take it, and there's your information, and then practice it while you're on your travels. So the idea behind that is, like, I needed a form because I was always on the road. I was always somewhere else. And uh, that's why I did it. You know, it's like, so it's hard, you know, my, my inner critic, you know, anytime. I, I've been fighting the idea of, you know, people pinning me to this yama series for a long time almost i'm almost embarrassed because the last thing i want to do is say that i came up with something and then the marketing machine that's out there they're like and you you know this is yours and it's no it's not it's push-ups man it's push-ups and breathing just like anything else so you know i i came up with nothing i just put it together in a sequence that i learned from training with you know hundreds of teachers fair enough okay now i'm a little bit older than you are and i just took up martial arts about two years ago about so i'm i'm getting used to what my body can do yeah the flexibility is no longer there for me and i tried <laughs> a little i tried a little bit of yoga to try to to get back into that yeah and it's it's really not easy for me anymore so and i'll be dead honest with you what would you say to someone of my age who wants to rediscover that flexibility uh, through yoga what kind of advice would you give me to to get started and keep at it so that i can get closer to where i need to be oh this is the yeah i have so many students that are over 50 and they yeah, and they come in and they're they're getting there um, this is why I like the Persian stuff. The Persian stuff uses weight. The Persian stuff uses load and it's a little bit more physical and it's going to get you hot. And, you know, we try hot yoga all the time. But if I remember reading this book a long time ago and it says the perfect temperature to do yoga is like 68 degrees Fahrenheit. And don't tell that to America because we don't like breathing and generating that heat from within. We need technology to do it to us. And so... <laughs> Um, you know, we, we need that pill, right? I just want to sweat and think I'm working out. But, you know, there's right. something beautiful and valid about sweating like that. But what I would suggest is, you know, like, for example, I do the kettlebell yoga stuff and people think it's kettlebell, but no, it's using weights to engage the right chain. And the Persian stuff uses club swinging and uses like a, a more flowing type of push up. And those things, it'll get you warmer and it'll get you in this sort of repetition. It's kind of like a light leg swing over and over and over again. And just be patient. You know, the hardest part about gaining any of this is uh, I, I tell everyone, no ambition in yoga. It'll just hurt you. Your, your job is to experience your capacity and who you are. You should not be trying to achieve anything in yoga other than just showing up. And then the other side of it is when you're in those poses, you want to feel as much of your frame moving when you're in it because most of the time honestly your first year of doing yoga you're just trying not to fart in a room full of hot chicks you know <laughs> that's like the first thing um but once you get through that uh you know then then you want to just start feeling your frame and your ribs and how much of your body can move inside that still pose and once you can understand the bandhas and how to align the spine right man you can get crazy stretches just from just standing there and that's the idea is like focusing on those little things and generating that heat from within and then slowly relaxing and getting away from the, I'm here to achieve this pose or this, this stretch, just feel the stretch and slowly, you know, just like uh, push hands, you know, just tell your joints to open and just keep saying that and breathing into it. And, um, you know, do your cardio, man, get hot, 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 you know? Yeah. That's, that's the thing. And take it, take it easy. You know, 
it's I would I, I might add this off to anyone that tries to learn this stuff after the age of eleven. <laughs> it's like oh my god. <laughs> I don't mind the challenge. I really don't. What uh, like you were saying, uh, you know, everybody wants to get that immediate validation. Yeah, um, it it's hard to accept that you can't do this right away because you're just trying to stay still, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Yeah, and all I'm doing is trembling. You need to come up, man. You and I. You and I just get on up here, man. Or if I'm <laughs> if I'm where you're at, we will have a wonderful session. Awesome, sounds good. <laughs> um, speaking of sessions, uh, you just did a, a a fight camp with Lewis Tan, and that video is on YouTube, and I'll put that link in the show notes as well. But that was really cool. Oh, thanks. He's amazing. Yeah, and uh, you, you talked a, a little bit about uh, the system that you uh, employed uh, in teaching. And instructing there at into the Badlands, but um, you were a stuntman and the fight camp trainer for the Badlands, yeah. and you've been pretty much involved with that show since uh, roughly day one. So <laughs> since yeah, since before. I mean, technically, I mean, it was it was a it was going yeah, but yeah, I've been with Daniel. Yeah, yeah. How did that happen then? How did that whole relationship start? Um, he went to he was at a physical therapist, you know, just kind of getting a checkup. And um, I train his therapist and do his physical therapist therapy, his body work and stuff. And um, and then he was like, hey, you know, you, you know, you get some back things and whatever. And then I just kind of he, he introduced us and he said, hey, check, check out this guy, Daniel Wu. And um, and I, I met him and, I, you know, I've met a million, you know, everyone introduces me to every, you know, kung fu guy from China and, you know, like this and and i was just like all right here's a here's another star from china you know and then i met him and i was like this guy is he's such a nice person and then i was just watching him move and we just kind of picked a couple things apart and it took him through the yoga stuff and literally he was tossing up the idea of whether or not he was going to be sunny they were you know whether or not he could make it through that and then after one session he felt great and after two sessions he was just like yeah i can be sunny you know because he wushu kind of takes it out of you and and like the Yama sequence is about reconnecting all the things that will put aside in order to achieve a goal. Like when that camera's on, you have to throw that kick, whether your ankle hurts or whether your psoas is out, it doesn't matter. You, these guys are going to throw that kick. And, um, you know, over time though, things just start shutting down. And so kind of the Yama stuff and the, and the, that kind of hyper awareness of yoga in flow sort of turned on and re-recruited all of the things that might, you know, were potentially holding him back. And so, yeah, we just kept working together and, you know, more or less, I just, you know, he became one of my favorite people, you know, he's just a great person. And, um, I went to new Orleans, say, Hey, and then went out to Ireland and, you know, fell in love with all the stunt guys. And then, um, this last season was, you know, nine, 10 months. So he's like, Hey, you know, come on out. And yeah, I kind of needed to get away as I, I was training people seven days a week for, I'd had had like five days off of training in five years and, you know, he was like, this is going to be a, a vacation for you. And, and, uh, it, it was not, it was very hard. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, it was amazing. It was, it was such a intense learning experience for me. It's like nothing I've ever done. It must've been intense for everybody that you were training too. Yeah. 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 They're great. <laughs> yeah. Well, what, what went into running the fight camp for the show then? Um, he originally asked me to do like the kind of crawling stuff and the movement stuff and kind of get people connected. And then after that, we just sort of came up with a language like this is these are the basic things you need to know. And then I was also doing some body work and some kind of prehab rehab stuff and mainly getting a lot of the actors in control of their ambition. Because when they would train, they would train so hard. But I'm like, no, we need to teach you guys how to like kind of take it easy and stay in that place because they would go so hard and then and then done and then you know they might get hurt or or or, you know they just might fatigue themselves and and, you know you got to do it five ten more times Mm. so the idea was i was like hey i'm not here to motivate you i'm here to teach you how to just kind of calm down and be really present and everything so where we can have longer careers and um you know that just sort of for some reason i really connected with those guys and got them more to stretching but under load kind of the persian style like stretching with power instead of just stretching and um you know we had a great you know the stunt coordinator was great and you know he would just tell me what he wanted and we would you know watch the fights and be like okay we got to build this language and so that's what we were doing you know daniel would tell me what he wanted and i would do that just get him get him in shape get him running get him get him uh able my 
my goal is to teach your body how to learn, not really teach you anything specific because you don't know what the what the fight unit's going to ask you to do. So you just have mm. to go in there able, capable, and aware. You can't be tired. You can't be hurt. You can't be protecting your knee. You just have to be aware and capable. So that was the goal. Yeah, it's interesting because you, you mentioned um, the actors wanting to uh, to look good right away and, and do that uh, that kick or throw that punch and, and look really good doing it. That that immediately that's what I thought of too. You, you know, you you get taught that move and you just want to do it hard, yeah. like one hundred and fifty percent, and make it look as awesome as possible. But then you forget that y- y- it's not one take and done. Oh yeah, I mean. That's a funny thing. Like we talk about that, you know, you get these stunt guys, you know, they can do crazy double twists and all these ridiculous trickers best in the world. But really when it comes down to it, it's one thing to do that, you know, on YouTube when you're with your friends and you're on, in your gym in the shoes you want to wear and all that stuff. But like when they just put you in like a 40 pound outfit on a wet floor with some weird boots holding the sword, <laughs> your job is to just not fall down. You know what I mean? So, so the idea is like, you know, the level of dynamic energy that these guys would put out. And, you know, so that double twist, you know, or the double cork or whatever they're doing, you know, all those crazy flash kicks and stuff, it just ends up just being like really strong, sharp movement, really good falls, really, you know, just dynamic stuff. But, you know, it kind of, you have to be able to do it over and over and over again. And in an environment that might be tight, might be slippery, you know, it might be dark. You don't know. Yeah. You know, being a stunt person is is about, you know, I learned a lot about, you know, just being adaptable. Now, you had a really talented cast and crew for Into the Badlands, but um, you had to face some challenges, I'm sure. Can you recall some of the most difficult challenges working with that whole experience? Yeah, some some of us got off to a rocky start, you know, the posturing and stuff like that, you know, people coming in and. Um, you know, we're from this team, we're from this team, you know, the kind of tribal thing, but everyone just slowly started becoming, um, you know, really great friends. And, you know, if there was any, any tension, it was all squashed and everyone was just, you know, all love. And, you know, it's like even everyone there is just a dear friend. I mean, I I think the biggest, (laughs) you know, the biggest thing was just the mud and the cold, you know, I mean, it (laughs) went, I, you know, my heart, my heart is just so it goes out to all those actors and those, you know, the, the women and like sleeveless, you know, it's, it was freezing. I, I'll tell you right now, if you see skin, just know when you're watching that show, it was freezing that day, no matter what. <laughs> the way it was in Ireland, I guess, because I, I think you got shut down for a day because of snow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Daniel and I went um, rally driving through the city. I have way too many tickets by cameras to prove it and um yeah <laughs> it and, uh, but you actually fun. took advantage of the cold though uh you were doing some uh cold diving right oh yeah yeah i kind of i missed i sort of had a little hip dislocation the third day i was there and so yeah every every morning i would wake up we have to be at on set at 6 a.m i'd get up at three and i would go do you know this is why i, I love yama series i would get up and go on that freezing beach and I would just start doing Yama series and then I would jump in the water and do my kicks in the ocean. And um, then I would hit the set and then afterwards I would get there and it took about two weeks, but after that I could just dive in and swim around. It was, you know, the water wants to kill you, but you know, if you take your time, you'll make it just do your breathing, man. Yeah. Just stay focused. So uh, (laughs) that was, that was fun. It was, it was hard. It was, you know, definitely I can remember being just in a pair of shorts on that beach and it's snowing. Wow. And I'm just training. And then you dive in that water and um and it just gets worse. <laughs> and then you just <laughs> you, you throw your kicks and and then I would go and I would go back to my to my place and I had zero water pressure so I'm just freezing. And I mean, I, I this weekend in Florida, performing out in Florida was the first time I think I've just finally been warm since <laughs> end of the Badlands season 3. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's cold. That's hell funny. is cold, by the way. Hell, is cold. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There are people that swear by the cold being beneficial to the body. Are you one of those people? It's it's um yeah. Uh, I'm I don't I no longer swear by it. I know it hundred percent. Really? Because I couldn't bear weight on my right leg, and every day I would do that. I could. Wow. And and over time, you know, throughout. You know, when you train on something that hard that is that damaged, I all I know is by the by the third fourth month I was 
I was not only rehabbing, but I was getting stronger. And then after that, I actually went to a, a rehab facility, buddy of mine in Washington, D.C., and he um, did an ultrasound on my hip, and he was like, man, whatever you did, he's like, it was, it's, it's healed up so strong. Wow. So, yeah, I swear by it. Just from jumping in the freezing ocean. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, there's definitely a lot of, uh, uh, you got to engage the right things. You know, I was really focusing sure. on, like, glute medius, psoas, and multifidus, and all the things that, you know, are stabilizing and uh, protecting. And I'm, I'm lucky I studied, you know, bone setting and a lot of, you know, kind of healing arts as well. Because, yeah, I, I also do a lot of body work and stuff like that. So that kind of came in handy. That's yeah. cool. All right. Um, just back to the Badlands for a second. Um, because... Uh, that was a really unique show showcased martial arts without it being, you know, grossly cartoonish or uh, gratuitous or anything like that. When you uh, got involved with it at the very beginning and you heard about the show's concept, were you, were you all in on it or were you like, eh, this will be fun for a while, but this is not going to fly brother. I look at any art and I'm, you know, I talked to Daniel about this too. Uh, any art that stands out and nothing is like it. Like it came out and it's, you know, first of its kind, you know, it's kind of mixing, you know, it's like, it's a very diverse show. Every, everything in there, the look of it, everything about it is unique. Mm. And so of course you, art has to be brave to be that unique. Right. And I yeah. think it was a very brave move to do that. And, um, I, you know, I'm, I'm glad I at least made it three seasons. Um, it would have been cooler if it kind of kept going, but you know, it was, uh, I was yeah in from the start and, and plus Daniel and I have talked about this a bunch too. It's, whatever you're doing when you're doing, you know, kind of television, you know, it's, it's just oftentimes it's a distraction. So the main thing is you have to build relationships and, and the, the family that was created on into the badlands, I mean, could have done anything and it, it would have been completely, I would have been completely in like the, everybody right out of the gate was super nice. Uh, you know, everyone that I met the first few times, you know, everyone has their problems sometimes, but as far as good people working on something together, I mean, it blew my mind. Yeah. I mean, I think every artist just wants to make things with good people. And um, that's straight up into the Badlands. That's awesome. Yeah, I've had a few of the guys from Into the Badlands on. And to a man, they've all said that it's one of those unique experiences because everybody was in for everybody else on the show. Yeah, you know? straight up. Yeah. I mean, it, it was one of those things. Like, I remember one of the first stunts, you know, it was kind of a heated day. And um, and I remember just standing there and, uh, and Andy Long just kind of looks at me and I was, you know, it's, it, it was sort of not feeling so uh, good. I didn't get the direction was kind of weird. I was confused and, you know, he would just, and I just looked down on my right and Andy's just crouched down because he has to film everything. He's like, he's obsessed with stunts and, uh, and he just looks <laughs> at me and, and, you know, he just kind of just squeezes my leg and he just, you know, just gives me a big hug and, you know, he's just like, he's just like, just have fun, man, just have fun. And, uh, you know, it's, and then I look around and just, everyone's just crouched down fully supporting you. And, uh, cool. all you want to do is just do your best. And then to right when you're done, everyone's just up hugging you. It's yeah, it's amazing. I That's mean, awesome. We're putting our lives on the line and our safety on the line and the use of our legs on the line to make people look good and to be completely anonymous and just for people's entertainment. I mean, I, I I'm really glad some people are starting to get more credit, but um, you know, the especially the women, you know, when you look at what we're doing, like, you know, a guy'll walk out in a suit and he's got pads underneath that suit, and then a girl's just gonna have to walk out in a mini skirt. She's going to have right. to take the same fall. You know what I mean? Right. Like right. those, those women are tough. <laughs> yeah, they have to be. I was, I'm writing this thing. Um, I don't know if I'll ever put it out, but it's called, I'm not a celebrity, but I play one on TV and um, <laughs> it's about stunt people. Cool. And um, they're, they're, they're an interesting group. I mean, they're, you know, there's athletes. I mean, into the badlands was, was different, was really, uh, you know, it's, it's not different, but you know, it's, it's a unique place due to the fact that there are athletes and then there's, you know, uh, professional athletes and then there's elite athletes and then there's super athletes and everyone on into the badlands is just a super athlete I mean, oh yeah yeah it's it's crazy <laughs> so very um very honored to to be be you know part listed among those people that's cool and just uh, so you know too uh andy long who was also a guest uh did say that uh if it weren't for you, he would have gone insane on the set of Into the Badlands. <laughs> I still get a lot of calls from stunt people. They're having, you know, with other things on other sets. I, I love those people. I mean, I, I remember I have a picture of me and Andy, you know, from 10 years ago when he was just a kid. And he came out here to nice. work with the stunt people. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> he's bound for, bound for glory. I mean, that guy is, yeah, there's no stopping that dude. Oh, what a fantastic story for him too. Yeah. 
Yeah, he's amazing. All right. <laughs> okay, so beyond the Badlands, uh, you're, you're continuing to teach your interpretation of yoga. Uh, yeah. What is it about your approach to yoga and to martial arts that you think makes it so beneficial to uh, to the mind, the body, and the spirit? I'm, I'm all about teaching the experience and how to observe and so like, when you're in a pose or even when you're when you're in that pose, I mean, basically to me, martial arts is solving problems under stress. That's it. And so what we're trying to do is uh, whenever I get people in, it's like you get in the pose or you get in the sequence or you, you get in the technique. And instead of just learning the technique and taking it off in the academic way, like I've learned this and I've learned this and I've learned this, the idea is how do we understand the language and how do we understand what it's trying to actually do? Like, how do we experience what these things are actually doing? I remember learning it this way uh, when, when my dad would teach me some things and we would talk about stuff. It was all about what is the function that's happening? Like, you're not punching. Your arm is spiraling out and it's spiraling back, right? Your spine can move forward, backward, side, side, and twist. So then how do we use this language to actually be artists? It's just like music. You learn the 12 notes, then you learn the chords, and then you write songs. And so this is kind of one of the ways that we're, that I, I really try to teach. It's like I'm not one of those people that stands in front of the room and just kind of shouts out things. It's the idea is... You know, we, I want people to like, we, we'll go through and we'll learn, you know, five things and then you practice them and then we'll put you under stress. And then you want to be able to experience those things because under stress, you might forget what your feet are doing. Your breathing might change. And so we slow it back down and we start experiencing that. So martial arts in itself is how do you experience the truth? How do you understand it under stress? And how do we solve these problems? And most of the problems that we have going on now are our own habits, right? So the idea is that awareness and what are the stresses that we go under? So this is a, a big part of what yoga and martial arts is, creating stress and, and learning how to bring consciousness into that. Like use stress to, to create a sharper tool. Not, you know, we, we have a negative opinion of stress, but stress is the integrator. It's it. Nothing integrates better than stress. So how do we go into it with a positive attitude? and create consciousness from that and that's sort of the idea of you know the way that i teach yoga and martial arts wow fascinating that's deep yeah it's a little weird you know Dan daniel really took to it he was like oh I, he's like yeah this is he, he loved it you know and and i'm really grateful that i i get to teach a lot of fanatics and i get to work with a lot of people that were looking for this like i'm working with a buddy of mine over at the shaolin center and he's like oh yeah this is making it all make sense right yeah now. that's a. Uh... I guess it's a more cerebral approach to it because, and I, I'm sure as a teacher, you'll notice the difference between students who go into, uh, say, a martial arts class looking just to kick somebody's ass and, and move mm -hmm. on, as opposed to someone yeah. who is trying to learn how to control their body in space and do the things that need to be done so that you, you know, you, you get through those forms correctly and you do the things all the right way so that you can continue to learn and develop. Yeah. And you know, also it's like what I've learned realize is there's no shortage of people wanting to teach you how to kick someone's ass. <laughs> right. But you know, it's like, I just, I learned at a really young age, courtesy is King and then just take care of yourself. Cause most of us are going to go down by our own habits. So the idea is like, how do we cultivate awareness and consciousness through this? And then, and then if you look at yoga, it's like people are collecting pose after pose after pose and they'll walk in, they can't do a push up, but they want to do a handstand. And I'm like, you're not looking, you're not seeing the math here. You know, it's like, mm -hmm. I, so my whole thing is get in that plank. I mean, I taught someone a plank the other day for an hour and a half Ooh. and they were like, oh my God. I'm like, you need to learn how to feel that plank, feel it, not do it, feel it. And you can only feel it until you've done it. You've gone through the whole, I call it the road trip analogy, you know, like you start the road trip, everything's new, you're excited, then you run out of shit to say to your friend, then you're sick of looking out the window, <laughs> then you've exhausted all of the CDs and every song on the internet, and now you're just looking forward and going. And those last 50, 100 miles are magic. And that's mm. the idea with our practice. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, thanks. <laughs> no, that's, that's, I mean, that's, uh, it's a lot to take in for someone who, uh, you know, has a very admittedly narrow view of what yoga is supposed to be because I never gave it the chance to, to try to explore that. It, it was always mm. a struggle and a chore for me. So, yeah. Well, you'll also notice like 
you know, a lot of times when people train stars, they they film it. Like even Lewis and Aramis were very particular about the way um, they they showed me because they're like they know I don't like being. I they know I don't like yoga is not a performance art. Yoga and training is what you do in order to emerge with something. But it's funny because our culture now is like we're just watching people train. But I'm like, what are you training for? Are you training to just look good without your shirt off? That's shallow. You're just objectifying <laughs> yourself. You, you know, it's like, is this all you're training for? Like, what are you doing? This is why, like, I was so grateful for Daniel was because when he came in, I'm like, I'm not going to be taking pictures of you, man. Like, if you want to take a picture, you know, but he's like, nah, I don't. He's like, I'm here to train. And, I, and that's, I respected that guy. And I'm not going to exploit my, I would rather have a real relationship with these people than an exp, ex, exploitive re, relationship with these people. Yeah. Because yeah. it's more valuable to, for, for me personally to have them actually as mentors and people in my life that I can actually, you know, talk to and actually, you know, communicate with. Not just every time I see them, you know, I'm trying to get, you know, get a picture with them or say, hey, look at me, I'm training this guy. So what goes on in the dojo, you should be doing it. It's where you, the camera's off. You can be ugly. You can fall down. You can sweat. Yeah. You can try. And you're not worried about what you look like. And that's what yoga is all about. Like, get rid of that ego shit. I don't know why the camera's always on when people are too, you know, it's like, <laughs> it's not about that. But, you right, know, that's, right. that's, but those people will always be, you know, way more successful in the yoga world. But I always say, like, your physical health, you will look good. And your mental and spiritual health is you won't have to take a picture of it. Yeah. And then, and then whenever we get out there, we can, you know, we can do something great. Like Daniel kills it because he trains a lot on his own. Mm -hmm. Like he's a monster. He's amazing. Like he emerges, you know what I mean? Like that's pretty awesome. <laughs> All right. Your whole approach to yoga and martial arts and stunts. You are also involved with all kinds of other stuff. Music. Uh, being one of those things. There's also <laughs> yeah, gardening yeah. and all this other stuff that we talk about. But yeah. Um, does that approach carry into your music? Well, yeah, I was learning music and martial arts are really important to me. And music is, you know, I, I say, you know, music, you learn the notes, martial arts, you learn the, the techniques, and then you learn the chords and martial arts, you learn the combos, and then you learn the forms, and then music, you learn the songs, and then you write your own and that's, and then you jam with people and that's the same as sparring, right? And so to me, it's all the same. And gardening is part of self-defense. If you don't eat, you die. Um, so, you know, fair enough. As, and if you don't eat good food, you lose energy and you need energy to die fast. So the less energy you have in your old age, the slower you're going to die. And mm. so I'm just one of those people where it's like, take care of yourself. You know, I'm, in my family, we, we had this thing, you know, everyone needs to know how to sew on a button, change their oil and cook a meal, you know, and, um, that's super important. And, you know, self-reliance is very valuable and, and I'm a big fan of like personal responsibility. Like the key to like, we think freedom is doing whatever the hell we want, but really freedom, it takes a lot of responsibility and you better have a lot of skills to be free. And so I'm always trying to cultivate as much freedom as possible. So yeah, I love music and thank God. Cause I can just sit around with nothing to do and just, you know, play stupid breakup songs about women that don't exist. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just like, <laughs> it's, it's awesome. And, uh, and then, you know, then I don't, I just need a room without furniture so I can like do stupid kicks and stuff. And yeah, it's pretty simple, but, um, That's cool. yeah, I mean, it's all the same to me, you know, because martial arts in itself is the most complete thing a human being ever created. There's everything from, you know, calligraphy, you look at feng shui, you look at acupuncture, look at all these things It's coming from martial artists. But since we have to market it, we, you know, we think it's just fighting or, you know, self-defense or, you know, most people know that it's more than that, but you know, I, I just look at it as martial arts. Like when I tell people I'm a professional martial artist, but they see all these things that I do. I mean, yeah, I was a chef for a while. I have a culinary degree and I really like food, but it's because food is an art. You might as well like learn how to feed yourself. Like, why would you not learn how to feed yourself? <laughs> right. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I, anyone that doesn't know how to cook, I don't understand. Anyone that doesn't know how to give them a side, like any martial artist that doesn't know how to do body work, doesn't understand how good you're going to get at submissions when you have your hands on bodies. And people will line up their bodies for you to put their hand, your hands on them. And you just get to practice crappy, relaxed jujitsu, but you get to feel the joints and the bones and all that stuff. It will make your submissions better. It'll make your locks better. It'll make your frame better. It'll make you move better. You know, I mean, the wow. old masters became the doctors of their villages. You're not just fighting your whole life. That's for young people. You know, I mean, that's the story of the martial arts. That's awesome. You are super inspiring. I got to tell you. 
oh, believe in yourself, kids. You know? <laughs> yeah. No, and stop, it's, it's stopping. Yeah. <laughs> it's not even that kind of stuff. It's it's just uh, the knowledge that you're imparting with, uh, with what you know uh, about the martial arts, about yoga, about music, and, and practical information that I think that I can take with my own journey into martial arts and uh, my attempts at yoga from here on out. So <laughs> I'll be able to apply some of these things. So oh, thank you. Yeah, that's great. Thanks a lot. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, I know we're running into uh, into your gig time, so uh, let's do a lightning round. All right. Are right, you ready? Yeah, I'm. I'm. Yeah, I'm ready. <laughs> okay. Favorite yoga pose. Uh, forward bend. Least favorite yoga pose. Ooh, least favorite yoga pose. I love them all, but um, I would say uh, Triangle Mukha Kapata Pasha Motanasana. What? There you go. Okay. I'm going to have to look that up later. Okay. Uh, Yogi Bear or Yogi Berra? <laughs> uh, Yogi Berra because I don't like cartoons. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, what's your favorite flavor of yogurt? Uh, I like just Bulgarian plain. Nice. Okay. With honey. <laughs> all right. If you had to give up yoga or music, which one would you give up? Yoga. Really? Yeah, dude. Music's awesome. Yeah, wow. Okay. Yoga. And, you know, you <laughs> could just, I've, I've done yoga long enough to know that, uh, you know, as the monks would tell me, it's just to keep you entertained while you learn to breathe. Mm. But monks also are jealous of musicians because one monk told me one time, he goes, no one goes in and out of consciousness more times. And they say a, a good musician on stage will go in and out of consciousness more times than most people will their entire life. Wow. Okay. That's funny. That's good. So nice. music makes right. more sense to me. Okay. Yeah. All right. Give me uh, a favorite lyric from one of your songs. Uh, from one of my songs? Yeah. Oh, God. That feels arrogant. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, shit. Uh, I'm doing this one right now. Well, there's there's a... I, I like this one line where I say, um, uh, your birth don't just start and your death don't just stop. Mm, cool. It's All right. Told downer. <laughs> Very cool. All right. And then uh, a last lightning round question. And it's a trick question, of course. So I hope you get it right. But what's your favorite podcast about Kung Fu, martial arts, TV, entertainment, and now yoga? That's Kung Fu driving. Come on, man. <laughs> nice. Thank you. All right. So what are you up to now that Badlands has been canceled? And then tell me where people can go to find out more about you, the Yama system and the open mat and all that stuff. Uh, they can go to themattlucas.com or the open mat and the open mat is spelled with two T's.com. And um, I'm putting together a module system and basically I'm, I'm trying to put myself out of a job. So I'm just teaching people the way that I view all movement to where people can just steal it, take it, and then just do whatever they want with it. You know, so it's a module system of self-care, understanding movement, function, uh, the Yama series, how to use weight and load to correct your poses uh, under the, the lens of gravity is your guru and there is no truth according to you. So how do we experience the truth? And um, so I'm doing a whole program around that. I'm actually I just I'm loading up the database. It's almost done. It'll be done next week. So that's what I'm doing right now. And then after that, I'm getting into storytelling and filming and playing a bunch of shows. And then, um, yeah, after that, I just want to um, ride a lot of motorcycles. <laughs> Hopefully on roads that have more curves. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, tons, <laughs> tons. Yeah. <laughs> very cool. Matt, very inspiring. Thank you so much for taking some time out to talk with me. Uh, like I said, there's a, a lot of stuff that I, I got to have to listen to this back again and unpack so that I can actually use it in my day-to-day -day training. But um, best of luck with everything that you have going on. Best of luck with your music and uh, and all of the instruction that you're still doing. Uh, I wish there was another season of Badlands me that you too, could come yeah. back to. Thank you. But um, again, thank you so much. This was a great time. So much fun talking to you. Hey, thanks. And hey, if you're ever up here, tacos, yoga in the in a reverse order, <laughs> though. All right. Let's do you and I. <laughs> Sounds good. I will definitely take you up on that. Thank you again. Thank Best you. Best of luck with tonight's gig, too. Oh, yeah. Thanks. Got I got hearts to break. All right. Let's do this. <laughs> All right, man. Nice. See ya. Bye. <laughs> A huge thank you to Matt Lucas for sharing some of his time and knowledge with me. I'm easily swayed by passionate and knowledgeable people, particularly if the information that they're sharing is stuff that I can apply to my day-to-day. -day. So it was very inspiring to hear Matt's insights on martial arts and yoga. Now, I'm not saying I'm going to try a Triangle Muka Ikapada Pashimotanasana anytime in the near future, or ever really, but at least I have some good info. 
Now, pay Matt a visit at themattlucas.com or theopenmatt with two T's.com. And those links will be in the show notes. He's also active on Instagram at the underscore Matt underscore Lucas. So drop him a comment and let him know that you got to hear him here on the Kung Fu Driving Podcast. And give me a follow there as well at Kung Fu Driving Podcast or join me on Facebook and Twitter at Kung Fu Driving. Or if you want to email me, kungfudriving at gmail.com. If you're in a giving mood, please swing by iTunes and leave the show a rating or review. It costs nothing for you, but means everything to me. So thanks in advance if you get to do that. That's going to wrap it up for this show. So until next time, Poison Clan, peace. Poison Clan rocks the world. Shouting monks on their hands, running down the thousand stairs. The fate of Lee Khan, now's in King Yu's hands. With the fearless idea roaming over the land. Yeah, the little bitch soldier is older and wiser. He wants a world of peace because he doesn't want to fight. Yo, got the venom mob laying down the law. Blue sleeve delivered kicks, guaranteed to graze jars. Fight for the cars, then pass here. The blast on the end back kicks will defeat the outlaws. Very good, but boards don't hit back. Yeah, the death jewels here, David D is coming back. The Tai Chi master, jet leads even faster. The channel little drink because he is the drunken master. Once upon a time, a shiner. Rosa McQuan is real fine, but see, Maggie Chung is finer. Golden Swallow has arrived. Chan Chi movies will the hero will survive. We've got the brave archer make his way to the top of the mountain, gonna fight. May as well be the spot. Yeah, the sky goes black, cut the vampire's back. We've got Lam Ching Ying to kill them all, so stand back. He plays the black magic on the soul of the sword. And our sword will travel until his body's on floors. Yeah, Wing Chun Shaolin and Manti style. Yeah, the Feed the enemy and watch you run for miles Blood will spill now on the mountain tops When we bring back the soul of the legendary pops Welcome to the tea house, ready for some action Drink a little wine, we're getting drunk and then we're fighting Ha! This time it's war We smash the place up with a dragon claws We're walking to the tea house, ready for some action Drink a little wine, we're getting drunk and then we're fighting Ha! This time it's war, we smash the place up with a dragon claw. See it's a game of death yo, you're facing the big boss It's once upon a time in China counting the TikTok The Shogun Assassin's like some blood just drip drop The head kick, neck drop, balance the bone stop Wanna kill Bill, better get the assassins He's got her just in yellow but she is in the dragon But in the tea rooms, that's where it'll happen She got the bodies on the floor when the blood It'll splatter against the wall, no fear at all To kill them all, there's always blood spilled When you head into a war, fearless Unleashed The fist of legend that the call Jet Li I'm Bolo Young, yo, I'll always be a beast You rumble in the Bronx, yo, I'm rumble in the streets And it's simple, see the facts are these There's only ever gonna be one Bruce Lee Welcome to the tea house, ready for some action Drink a little wine, we're getting drunk and then we're fighting Ha! This time it's one We smash the place up with a dragon claws We're walking to the tea house, ready for some action Drink a little wine